0: Today on City Cash Chicago It's Banned Books Week When we celebrate the freedom to read And fight against censorship And it's more pressing than ever With well organized efforts to ban books About and by queer people And people of color Kelly Jensen is an editor at Book Riot Which tracks book bans Kelly explains what that looks like around Chicago It's Wednesday, September 21st I'm Jacoby Cochran And this is City Cash Chicago when we look locally, what are some of the books being challenged in our area?
1: Great question. So locally, what we're seeing really mirrors what we're seeing on the national scale. Uh, Pen America just put out an incredible report this week that talks about the types of books that are being challenged. And what they report is that 41% of the content that's being challenged right now um are lgbtq themes protagonists characters and authors right underneath that are protagonists of color or authors of color the books in particular that have been challenged and banned in Chicago area and Illinois more broadly include Gender Queer by Maya Kobabi. The Hate You Give, a little bit less so. That was more common to see challenged last school year. Also, Flamer by Mike Corrado is another one. Downers Grove area has been a big area where it's happening. The Northwest suburbs, uh, Barrington, Antioch, and then even out near Rockford, McChesney Parks High School, Harlem High School, Band genderqueer um, a couple months ago as well.
0: What's the basic plot of books like Genderqueer, Flamer?
1: Genderqueer is a memoir. It's a queer memoir. And Flamer is not a memoir, but mirrors much of the author's own experience coming to understand his own um, queer identity. And so what's particularly upsetting about these these titles being banned is that they do reflect lived experiences. The books are being banned, certainly, but it's less about the books and more about trying to wholesale ban people or lifestyles or um, identities that don't align with a very small subset of um, the types of people who are doing these bans and challenges
0: and and the hate you give by Angie Thomas which was was turned into a movie deals with police violence state mm-hmm. violence you know what does it mean to to be on the other side of that a black family that that's moving forward in the wake of of the the killing do you see a direct thread between the rise in these challenges the rise in this these groups and the rise in white supremacist groups we're seeing the rise in maybe far right uh, sentiments and politics are are these things directly connected
1: Yes, there's a straight line between book bans and the rise of far-right ideologies. And any book that doesn't follow their specific moral um, boundaries is most likely to be challenged or banned. Book bans didn't just come out of nowhere. They came out of organizations that started by protesting the closure of schools, even though schools never closed. um, They went virtual. But that rhetoric then led to open up the schools. Schools opened back up, and that led to rhetoric about, you know, unmask the children. Um, don't vaccinate the children. And then that same vocal group has now moved to books. And, you know, none of these things are about what they're about. They're about power and control and about upholding white supremacy.
0: Coming up, people used to always say if like big changes that we see in our society, where whether it's like, like drug laws or, you know, city laws, they often can be traced back to like a group of suburban moms. Mm-hmm. Is that really the case here? Is a lot of this coming back to, like you said, these coordinated suburban parent groups?
1: Absolutely. Um, we're seeing... So there's a group out of Florida, Moms for Liberty, they're the big one right now, and they operate on a county-by-county county system. So across the country, they have chapters in various counties, and in Illinois, they're in four counties. They are in Henry County, which is in western Illinois, and then they are in DuPage, Cook and Lake County. And those groups are very well-coordinated. They're very well-funded and connected. And they are really spearheading a lot of these uh, movements that we're seeing. Which isn't to say, though, um, one of the things that I think we're seeing in the Chicagoland area that maybe hasn't been covered as, as much as um, it will be is that there are parents who are connecting and pushing back as well. We're seeing that in particular, um, Barrington has had an awesome response to this. Parents are showing up and saying, you don't speak for me. You don't speak for my students. You don't speak for other students. You have every right to tell your children not to read certain things, but you don't have the right to say, my children can't read those things. And so we're really seeing more movement, again, as you (laughs) pointed out, coming from suburbia
0: for me if i want to go purchase one of those books i can go do it who are the folks who are most hurt by these book challenges in these book bands
1: the people who are most hurt and most challenged by these book bands are the very people these books are buying about it's queer people it is people of color and it is particularly those who live in an environment that is not supportive of them where you know one of the reasons that queer books are so important in the library is that they are a mirror and a window for queer kids who are coming to understand themselves and maybe don't have the language or don't have the um, haven't seen themselves represented and are looking for that. These books can be a way for them to discover themselves. And then when you think about you know young people of color who are statistically more likely to be in, less funded schools or communities where there aren't the resources that are available in more wealthy communities. The library might be the only place they can get a book or borrow a book or see themselves in a book.
0: I really hope people listen to that because there can often be this uh, dismissiveness of these groups because the ideas feel so fringe. So mm-hmm. at times ridiculous that it, you, it, they're easy to dismiss or you, mm-hmm. you think, you know, you'll say, Oh no, these are just, you know, capital rioters, but don't forget then People got inside yep. the building and don't yep. forget that the, the networking, the money, like you said, those connections that exist to hold up these ideas and to support these organizations It is, practically speaking, limitless.
1: I agree, and every time I try to explain it, it's hard not to be like, I know this is going to sound absolutely bananas when I I say X and Y and Z, but they lay it all out there. This isn't a secret. They're not hiding anything.
0: your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions p.s they got another clinic on the way so stay tuned for their old town location are there cases where books that are being banned have maybe a more legitimate stance. Like I know there are older books that have like racist sentiments and, and homophobic sentiments. Like are those, are you seeing book like those type of books still being challenged or a lot of them more contemporary?
1: So I think we need to, Distinguish between a book ban and updating curriculum or um creating more represent representative um, okay canon. So you know a book ban or a challenge is when a book is taken off shelves or from classrooms and made unavailable to anybody who might want to access them. Whereas and, and is that
0: through like school and libraries, but you could still get it off Amazon or like you could
1: right okay. um. But it is worth mentioning that, you know, these things harm the most vulnerable people who can't just access books from Amazon, who can't just, you know, buy the book from a local bookshop because they might not have one, they might not have money, they might not have transportation. Um, So that's one, one thing. Then there's also updating curriculum. And this is something that Um, book banners have been using as argument for why they should be able to ban books. So a good example is, in many classrooms, we're seeing To Kill a Mockingbird no longer being taught, and instead, a book by a Black author about racial justice is being used. And that could be any number of titles. And it's not that To Kill a Mockingbird is no longer available. It is, and often it's recommended reading. But that isn't pulled from them. Instead, it's just not the book that the class is going to spend you know, a month reading and dissecting. It's going to be a topic or a book by an author who comes from a community that deserves right. to have their voice heard.
0: And the idea is that Harper Lee's 1962 novel isn't really written from the perspective of, you know, the people it Seems to reflect on, which is, you know, the black character who is being put on trial falsely. Right. And so maybe having the perspective of someone who is black, someone who is speaking from a persecuted perspective an oppressed perspective is probably the best way to teach civil rights because To Kill a Mockingbird was for a long time being held up as this like novel of progress, this novel of like the civil right representative of the civil rights movement.
1: Right. You know, nobody's denying that it's a great book and does a lot of great things and that holds a special place for a lot of readers. But also, you know, as publishing has gotten better about representing more voices and perspectives, there's additional literature that can be added. And and so those cases are not book bans. Those are simply updates to curriculum.
0: So what are some actions we can do to take part in Ban Books Week?
1: So number one. See who is on your school board and your library board. And if you can show up to a meeting, show up to a meeting. Um, Don't just show up, bring a friend, bring two friends. That is what the people who are banning books are doing. They're making them these big social events. So plan to show up and speak. If you can't go in person, write a letter. Write to the school board members. And I put in this a caveat that they might not respond, but that doesn't mean that they don't hear you.
0: Are there any talking points? The suburban groups, they, they'll they give you a copy-paste. Are there mm-hmm. any copy-paste letters for advocacy groups, people who just want to add their name to the chorus?
1: I have made some um, that you can access on Book I knew you Book would, Riot. Kelly. I knew you would. <laughs> you know, all you have to do is copy-paste and – I would suggest though, instead of doing that, write something from your heart. It doesn't have to be long, it doesn't have to be deep. It can be as simple as, I'm so glad this book exists and it's in the library, that matters. Another thing you can do is go to your public library and borrow these books. Um, They might be on a display right now, borrow them from the display. If your library doesn't have these books, ask them to buy the books. Showing that there's an interest in these books is a way to ensure that those books end up on shelves.
0: Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming by City Cash Chicago, letting us know what are some of the books on this list, how we can participate in Ban Books Week.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: For a link to the Pen America report Kelly mentioned, check out our show notes. Also, links to Kelly's guide on how to fight censorship. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The civilian office of police accountability released video of two police officers shooting an unarmed man three times in Pilsen back in July. Now, the two officers have since been released from the force and are facing federal charges. But it's important to note the video contradicts the statements they gave in the aftermath of the shooting. Investigations continue after an explosion in an Austin apartment building rocked the neighborhood, leaving at least eight injured other residents displaced and the building partially collapsed. City Council will vote today on the mayor's choice for 43rd Ward Alderperson Timmy Knutson. Knutson is currently the chair of the Zoning Board, which is a position he was directly appointed to by the mayor. And some good news to get you through. Chicago's Moontoo Dance Theater continues its 50th anniversary celebration this Sunday at the Harris Theater in the Loop. I've been to some of their shows, and trust me, uh, the blend of ancient and contemporary African dance is absolutely stunning. You don't want to miss their summer jamboree. For more Chicago news and events, subscribe to our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. And please, share the podcast and the newsletter with your friends and family. Y'all hear the outro music. That means it's time for me to dip. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. I'm laughing left I'm laughing less at the joke and more just hearing you say it cuz I had no expectation of that was going to be